All right, Mots, we are back. Episode 60 of The Rink Shrinks. We got a mailbag episode. What do you say? You ready to roll? Let's go. All right, Mots, uh, season's winding down here uh, in, in the Boston area. We had playoffs last weekend. I was doing the math. I think after this weekend, I'll be well over coaching over 100 games this this season, which is pretty pretty good. Pretty yeah, solid that's very impressive. Putting your coaching hat on each and every time you get to the ice uh, or practice or in games. We talk about, you know, being prepared and stuff. It, it does take its toll on you, though. It, it is a big undertaking when you have, uh, you know, three boys and, and, and you're doing your thing and helping out in every which way. So congrats to you. But, you know, the, the season is winding down. This is the best time of year, playoff time. So, you know, keep putting that hat on and, you know, make one final push here in the playoffs. And, you know, we, we wish you the best of luck. Yeah, no, it's exciting. It was uh we had a great weekend of hockey last weekend. I was uh, we had we, the first weekend is a round robin series, and it was it was excited. My 2011s, obviously the the you know their second year squirts, but we've had a tough run, and and the you know regular season's always done. We've done well in, and then um, Mike Greer came in, told an old school Edmonton Oilers story about uh, when those guys lost to the New York Islanders in the uh, you know seeing them how they could barely barely breathe or even celebrate after they won their fourth cup in a row. And uh, the guys in Edmonton, like really l- using it as a learning experience. And it was, it was pretty cool to have Grizzly tell that story uh, to our 2011s, but I was calling our guys, uh, you know, not to their faces, but I was calling them like the Toronto, I'm sorry, the Boston junior Maple Leafs because uh, we just couldn't get out of the first round and, and things started <laughs> off the same way. Uh, we, we had a great game versus the, the Islanders and, uh, two two game, and then they scored one late to go up up three to two. When we lost, I'm like, oh my god, the Leafs are back. Like, we you know, you, you kind of get rattled as a coach. I'm not gonna lie, you know what I mean. It's not all about the wins and losses, but you know, you want to see the kids succeed, and and you know, and their confidence gets shattered a little bit. But we luckily rebounded, won the next two games, and we're on to the the semis this weekend. And another shot at the Islanders, which would be good. We've always had good games with them, and. My 2009s as well had a uh, – they lost their first game. It was, you know, we, we learned some lessons from it and uh, came back and won the next two and continued on. And, and, you know, again, we're in the semis this weekend. So exciting stuff. Yeah, you got to get out there and finish the job, right? Finish the job. Yeah, That's you, it. You put yourself in a good position and get it get it done. Play the game the right way. Manage pucks. You, you just want to – you're coaching to win now. You know, you're in the semifinals. It's not, you know, little Johnny gets, you know, the, the shift when he doesn't deserve it. Yeah, you know it. what? You know what's funny though, and it, 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 I I did hear a lot of stories from the rink this past weekend where, you know, the weaker player on the team not getting ice time in the third period and stuff like that. And I I do find that a little bit frustrating in the uh, in coaching and I just hearing those stories like you know parents storming out of the rink, kids upset. Like you still the kids part of the team. Like you can't bench a kid for a third period of a game. No. Like I can see the end of it. You're up a goal. You're Certain down a goal. You're trying. To, yes. Yeah, situations. Yeah. You might pull a kid off for a penalty kill or right. put out a power play unit and things like that. But like you're just not playing a kid in the third period because he's on. The, like he's on your team. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it's like little Johnny's. Um, you know 
mom and dad, like they do have every right to get a little bit upset when that, when it comes down to it. And the coaches just saying, like leaving their kids out there for five minutes at a time. Like you can't tell me that, that, you know, this kid can't go out and give you 35, 45 seconds and, and give you your top guys a little bit of a breather. So, uh, you know, again, it, it, it's part of coaching, but I think as coaches, just remember that they are still kids, right? I think Jeff Merrick last week said it best, like, you know, they're kids that play hockey. Like, let's not ruin and shatter their their entire career because you're chasing a, a, a trophy. Yeah, that's, that was kind of my point. But it's situational coaching. You can pull guys off and, and put your people out there in, you know, a more, you know, high-pressure situation that you think might have more success. That's like – Coaching, yeah. you know, that's coaching one on one, but it's yeah. like sitting a kid for an entire third no, period at right. like the might level. Like, come no, on, no, 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 <laughs> like let's let, let, let's be real. So, yeah. I had uh, my daughter's uh, schedule was interesting this past weekend 9 10 game with some travel, and then a what? six and then a 6 a.m. 9 10 p.m. Yes, and then a 6 a.m. game the following morning. Followed up by a ten fifty game, so she plays with the boys and the girls, and um, so my wife was like, "Oh, all set on the six a.m. You know, we're out until you know eleven thirty, coming back home, whatever." I'm like, "What message does that send? What message does that send when you know just because it's early in the morning, it's a badge of honor to get up early, you know, still show up for the team." And it doesn't matter about the scheduling, so I'm like, I'm I'm taking our big time, like that's non-negotiable, right? So it was an early rise, and she was pumped. You know, she had a friend sleep over who was on the team, and we got to the rank. It was still dark out, and but that's she's gonna think about those things when she's like 30 years old. You know, raising another hockey player. You know, I used to Absolutely. get up at 4:30 in the morning and. Yeah, Get that's a war ring. story. That's what I mean. So yeah, it's like, war story, absolutely. So that message of, you know, you don't want to send the wrong messages because like, oh, you know, it's early, you're up late. No, you want to be committed to this team, you, you show up and, and you play. Yeah, so, you made the decision to play on both teams. Yeah. You got you to gotta honor your commitment. No, that's, I mean, it's a good parenting moment and, uh, and you know, commitment, right? You're, you're, you're part of the team. So what? I mean, 9-10 for... What's she ten? Uh, she's eleven. Eleven. Yeah, that's, it was that's late. a late game. Yeah. Uh, I can understand the six a.m. Six a.m. is still early too, though. That's I know. Like, dude, but, but talk about back. getting beat. Yeah. So uh, the cool part was like, hey, let's just throw the uh, pillows and blankets in the back of the truck, you know. Mm. But grabbed a nice breakfast afterwards. Nice oh, greasy yeah. spoon right down the street, and then uh, I'm driving back and. I look in the rear view and they just passed out, yeah. shutting the mill down. So it was it was pretty cute. But like you know, they showed up; they were ready to go. They had a good game. And um, but you know, the whole the point of the story is, you know, you, you want to send the right messages. You know, it doesn't matter about uh, time of schedule and you know that badge of honor of getting up and and uh, and getting there and and being part of the group. So yeah. You good. probably didn't take a huge dump and then a nap on the couch right after you got home from that one, right? Ah, uh, I did pass out <laughs> on the couch. <laughs> like, court came in and she was like, "Hey, she's gonna get to her again." I'm like, "I droll going hot on the pillow." She was like, "What's going on?" I just, I didn't expect to fall asleep, but I was tired too. Yeah, of course you were. 
Oh, yeah. that's funny. Oh, good <laughs> stuff for making memories. Uh, speaking of memories, we got a UNH BC game going on right now. I think we should throw a little, little wager out there as we record. It's Wednesday night. They're playing. I think they're currently tied one to one. I looked it up quickly online after one. So, what do you think? The the winner of uh, of the UNH BC game moves on in the hockey East playoffs. So, yeah, one and done. What do you What are you willing to lose? Um, well, BC's not going to lose, so I should flip the script on you. Um, are you willing to roll a blade down dot Ave in a BC, uh, <laughs> Eagles shirt with maybe like a, maybe a tighter fitting, you know, pair of uh, shorts, like not hunters? <laughs> uh, People would just be like, "Hey, what's up, dude? Yeah, what's up, guy? You play for BC? Yeah, normal. Probably think, yeah, that's normal. Uh wow, we're gonna go there, huh? Yeah. I was thinking like more of like it. I was actually thinking of <laughs> no. I was, I was. What I was trying to do was motivate you because I know you've been putting on a little weight in the belly. Yeah. So I was gonna say like the loser has to like ride the peloton for five straight days and and oh, actually, and, you know that's pretty. That's pretty good. And then, and then, well, let's say five out of the next seven days, and you yeah. gotta, sh- you gotta show me your stats. Like I gotta see it. All right, done. I like that. And yeah. then, because yeah. like, I mean, me rollerblading down Dot Ave is just—I'll probably trip, probably get hurt. <laughs> oh, four to six. Yeah. And, so and, you you have to wear the other team, the other school's jersey while you're doing the peloton every single time. Really. Okay, so we gotta. I gotta wear, and those are like the sweater that I have at the house is like old school, heavy and big. Do you have a BC jersey at your house? Uh, Probably have to go to my parents' house to get it, but yeah, probably. I'll roll a. I'll roll a blade to uh, to (laughs) Avon to get it, and I gotta roll a blade back. Oh, that's amazing! And you know, so there has to be some footage of each day documentation. Let's just say there has to be. There has to be. All right, right. shake, shake on it. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, there it is. No, I like that. That's good. Yeah. UNH is already up five nothing. Awesome. (laughs) I get a shit if you get the get the pelt. Yeah. Well, that's kind of I. You know, you're You're, on TV now. Yeah, I'm trying to do you a solid. Yeah. I'm trying to. You know, it it doesn't have to be like an hour class. You can do a twenty minute, thirty minute. It's it's fine. Just get. Just. Just. Get a little you sweaty. To, you have to do five rides in seven days. Done. Yeah. 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 Okay. A, a bunch of blue dots. A bunch of blue dots. That's what we're looking for. Okay. All right. Well, it's in. Uh, I love Barry Trotz's uh, quote this week. Turnovers are like X, Y's. If you have too many, they cost you a lot. Uh, and especially we were talking about playoff hockey. And, and you know, now it's getting to that nitty gritty time of the NHL season. You know, we just talked about the hockey East playoffs are going on. Obviously, at the you know NCAA playoffs are going everywhere, as well as juniors and things like that. We saw it in the uh, the prep schools, and and you know, but just an interesting quote from a guy like Barry Trotz, who's pretty, uh, you know, he's he's pretty reserved guy. You know, you think yeah, Lou? And, you think Lou gave it to him a little bit? No, I don't think. So. I, I mean. He's he's a great coach. He identifies the right things to do. He he has his team usually playing in a more defensive situation, you know, like collectively, and then letting them go offensively. And um, 
you know, they just haven't really put it together this year. They've they've had some injuries. They've had um, some different scenarios, you know, come through their lineup. But um, I love the uh, I love the quote, you know, because it's it's pretty true. So yeah, you know, when you don't manage the puck, it's going to come back to hurt you. You know, so yeah, and too many X Ys like like. Yeah, I don't know if he's speaking from experience or not, but I don't think he is. I don't think he is, but <laughs> but I mean, dude, he he got his point across. Let's he definitely, yeah, he definitely did. He definitely did. Um, we also had International Women's Day. A lot of uh, chipping in from our fans on social media. Uh, shout out to all the you know the 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 past guests that we've had here. The female u.s uh, olympians that have played so it was it was cool to see you know a bunch of uh interaction on instagram and and twitter and stuff like that yeah it's really great to see that you know the women in the sport are having a voice whether it be in media or, or just like you know growing the game it's uh it's, it's it's really amazing you know it should be not just one day you know it's it should just just be uh, the norm in my opinion because uh, you know hockey's for everyone. Like uh, the NHL has put out the initiative, but like the the women's game is so so good. It's so good. Like to and we reference it a lot about how physical they are and they play the game the right way and they everything is is so spot on. And these hockey minds um, that you know in in the media in particular, I've been listening to a lot and they uh, they do a great job. It's just uh, it's great for the game, in my opinion. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, I, you know, I hope that they, the professional leagues, I know Jeff Merrick, uh, we had him on last week, but, you know, he did a, a piece on 32 Thoughts about, um, you know, the, the the two leagues coming together and stuff like that. And hopefully that can kind of work itself up because I think that, you know, to, to the growth of the women's game will um, is really – no, it's great hockey. It's great hockey to watch. And and we all, you know, we're seeing the talent and, you you know, your daughter's playing and, and you know, it's just, it, it's fun. It's fun to watch. It's really, really good competitive hockey. And the more um, inclusion that we have from other countries and not just like the U.S. Canada focal point, like let's get, you know, Finland, Sweden, Russia, all, uh, oh, geez, I can't say Russia, but every, uh, all these other countries, uh, involved in the in the game and i think it's just gonna you know hopefully can lead to a, a more successful uh pressure uh professional league yeah i, I kind of agree with you more uh well well like we talked about quickly will both of us will be uh out in marlboro i'll be out there for the hf playoffs this week and i got a couple games saturday afternoon you'll be out there as well so hopefully we'll uh see some fans and we can we can we can talk and hopefully you listen to this episode on your way up to the uh to the games but what do you say you uh actually what's your schedule looking like for the weekend? You're out there a couple times? Yeah, Friday. Um so I'm actually going on the NHL network tomorrow night. Ooh. Yeah, uh, so you know, when this airs it will be passed. But um then uh Friday, my daughter Brooke has a three fifty game in Marlboro and then early I think eight ten and then five thirty um Saturday. So Perfect. Uh, we'll oh, so be, we'll be, yeah, I'm, I think I'll we'll be able to catch a bunch, but what yeah. a great facility to like host, you know, these playoffs and stuff. It's just, it's such a, it's a machine out there that, you know, you can get around and see a bunch of games, um, you know, and in the different ranks and stuff, but there'll be a lot of good hockey at multiple levels being played out in Marlboro and the shrinks will be there. One will, will be on the bench. Yeah. The other one will be just a fan making signs and, you know, 
Yeah, you get your face painted hand, and everything. Yeah, hand signals. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and there might be some uh some some swag tossed around. We might have some stuff up there. So hopefully we're looking forward to seeing everybody out there and having some fun. Uh yeah, what do you say? Formal, in, informal conversations, right? Yeah, just, absolutely. We'll just stick around and, and, and chat it up and maybe we can have a little uh you know, a question box or you know, a live question box. Can you just ask some questions about what's going on? Keep your eyes eyes and ears open over the weekend and we'll uh, we'll love to chat with you. Yeah, well, let's um, let's dip into the mailbag. But before we do so, I'd like to talk to you about TSR Hockey. Uh, if your team is getting ready for next year, if your team needs to out- get outfitted with new jerseys, equipment, or apparel, reach out to TSR Hockey. Dave and Mike can help you with any needs you might have. Give your team a great look for next year. Give them a call at 603-912-5970. Again, that's 603-912-5970. Uh, you can also visit them online, www.tsrhockey.com. Make sure you tell them the Rink Shrinks sent you. Yeah, so I, I chatted with uh, Brendan Sheehy up there. He helped out uh, a former uh, player that I used to coach. He broke his toque going to a you know a state tournament game and was, was really upset because he couldn't find anyone to fix it. Went up there, fixed his skate, and was able to play in the game. So, um, you know, last minute detail there, but it just it just shows how great uh, the guys at TSR Hockey are. Yeah, they hook you up there. They're really good. Uh, we're getting into the mailbag, and we're, we're, Mots, I decided to bring. Uh, we're going to bring a little little segment back here and in, in naming the questions. Obviously, when this all started out, um, Biz loved it when I would when when I was on Chicklets and I would I kind of named each uh, each email that got sent in. We do have a lot of our questions that get sent in through Instagram and and Twitter and stuff, so they're a little bit shorter. But some of these longer emails, we're going to try to come up with some creative names. Uh, don't be afraid uh, uh, offended by them. Uh, we just kind of like to have a little fun with it, and then we'll uh, we'll dip into the answers and stuff like that. But the uh, the first one I got here, Mots, I'll start it out. Uh, and I, I, I called this one cheese heads lose their mind during the toilet bowl. Uh, <laughs> and the question is, at what point do you speak out to other organizations? Wisconsin squirt two A state championships, third place game, hence cheese head toilet bowl. Uh, other team outranks us fairly confident and vocal that they are winning the game. Parents come and sit right next to our parents. Game doesn't go their way. They, whoa. Vacillate, <laughs> vacillate, vacillate. Is that the right yeah, one? Yeah. Vacillate. They vacillate between passive aggressive and aggressive. They then accuse our coach of flip, flipping off the stands during the game and telling players to f off. Neither happened. They tell us we are being bad sports. We cheer for good plays on both sides, but are happy we are winning. Final score: ten nothing. Uh, the cheeseheads. One of their parents angrily corners our coach after the game in the lobby when he's trying to walk out with his kid. The tournament director has to step in. Their president calls our president. It's a mess. How do we as parents respond to stick up for our actions and our coaches against a group of parents that are that, as far as we can tell, is frustrated they gave up 10 goals in the st- in the state third place game? Our coach, who is an excellent coach, doesn't deserve to have uh, his reputation dragged through the mud from a team who can't handle losing to a lower-ranked team. What do you think? 
Yeah, I love the uh, the cheesehead toilet bowl. I mean, you, you, you play, <laughs> you're playing for a bronze. Playing for a bronze and uh, against, you know, my hockey rankings is doing their job there. They 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 got these guys, you know, they're, they're coming in as the underdog and they're, they're motivated, right? Yeah, so I will say that, I mean, there's not really much other than, like, who really cares about what the parents <laughs> are saying? Because, you know, the, 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 the coach... The coach being his name being dragged through the mud. You, you mentioned that he's a good coach. He, he cares about the kids. He's doing the right things. Who really cares what the other team says? So you know, you just you just rise above uh, these parents that are a little bit more, say, vested in you know this third place state championship game. Um, unfortunately for them, it's embarrassing. Uh, but you just you know stick to your guns, and and I'm happy to hear that. Your son or daughter is having a uh, good experience with the coach, and you know you just—I I would say that's, there's really not much else to do other than just be an adult and uh, you know support your your coach in um, the way that any coach would want to be supported and, and encouraging your kid to continue to listen to them. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. I think obviously. Um, if this type of stuff was going on and, you know, as long as you understand that you're in a good position with your coach and there's not going to be any issues and things like that going forward, I, I think you're, you're all set. Um, you know, I think the president, the, it, any, any parent that approaches a coach or even another player when they're walking out with their kid after a game Goof. is a complete bozo, like Goof. a complete idiot and doesn't deserve to be coaching. So there you go. Or, or, or even allowed in the rink. So, you know what goes around comes around, and you know this guy's clearly a a jackass. Yeah, cheeseheads. Uh, so the, the <laughs> second one here, you make a commitment, you best honor it, boy, boy. Howdy, rink shrinks. My thirteen year old son plays both hockey and baseball, but the transition from one to the other in both the spring and fall is always a struggle. It's March, so we have the final weeks of hockey and the start of practice for baseball. He has to skip baseball practice and says he only cares about hockey. Every fall, we have the opposite conversation. When he doesn't feel like starting hockey practice, just wants to stay at baseball. I've asked him if he wants to quit baseball altogether, and he says absolutely not. I do understand the overlap months can be hectic, but how can I help him understand that skipping practice is not an option when he's made a commitment to be on the team? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a it's a good one, I think. A lot of kids, especially 12, 13 years old, will get caught up in the season that they're currently in and they don't want to, um, you know, they're like, it, 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 it changes up their routine, right? But I think the biggest thing is, is you made a commitment to a team, um, you know, you're, whether it's baseball season, hockey season, like I know there's a little bit of overlap, but you, you, you've got to be there and, and, you know, it's only going to make you better. It's only going to make the team better. Um, you want to get comfortable with you at the beginning of the season with your, your new team teammates and things like that. So, you know, I think you just, again, we, we talk about the drag factor, right? You don't want to be dragging them to the rink, but it's like, Hey, if you're going to, if you're going to play both sports, you better be able to honor both commitments and make both practices. That's kind of as simple as I can put it. Yeah. At 13 years old, you know, what you sign up for, I think playing both sports is amazing. That's great. But that transition is Interesting because you you said it, Brian. It's like you you're in the in the active season, and that transition to the other sport is, you know, 
it's just kind of like, ah, oh, I'm still in this. I, But you force to a certain degree, meaning like if you can still make a practice while they're overlapping, some of these, you know, again, uh, programs run longer because they can charge more. What I, I don't know the exact, you know, dynamic on this. Yeah, I would baseball. say so. So, you know, you have to understand that that's the, you know, kind of hurdle that you have to get over. But that transition is real. I mean, I, you know, every time I would play baseball after hockey, it was always fun, but it's just using different muscles and you're getting out there. And, but you do want to make sure that once that season starts, you know, the, let's just say it's from hockey to baseball, like right now where you're at. You're still in hockey season, so you still you're in hockey mode. Yeah, yes, that is the good point. You're in that mode of that sport, so you want to see that through. And then, but if you can still supplement going to a practice, just so that you're not skipping practice, just to skip practices, then then you can accomplish both. But yeah, it is. It's an interesting thing. At 13 years old, though, he's playing playing both. That's great. I love it. But yeah, um, yeah to, to just. Kick him in the butt a little bit just to let him know. Like you, you have your principles and and you're um you know in the right spot for not skipping practices, but still have to understand that mode that he's in versus transitioning. Yeah. All right. I got the next one here, and uh, I called it Goose needs BY's expertise on the court. Uh, I'm in need of a pickleball coach for my kids. Uh, please get back to me if you offer lessons or know anyone who does best maverick <laughs> maverick and goose imagine so if you're um i mean i think <laughs> we got this like a, a last week but i i thought this was very uh you know bought on for like you keep talking about your game I know. Pick a ball game. <laughs> when's the last time you picked up a paddle uh the fall right well it's not pickleball season unless i i you know i'm still you're transitioning yeah i'm still young i don't (laughs) i didn't retire down in florida yet right someday i'll be i'll be playing year-round but i I love that he wants to know about lessons and uh, i mean i barely even know the rules but i could probably help him out hey i can motivate him you know compete level just gets yeah. the ball i don't really know too it's much handles. about it but yeah whatever it takes I mean, i'll coach him up that's good speaking of uh franklin pickleball let's talk about franklin street hockey the official ball and street hockey partner of the national hockey league if you're tuning in to the nhl heritage classic this weekend head to franklinsports.com and stock up on all nhl fan gear yeah, get your swag on Love it. FranklinSports.com. Uh, all right, the next one I called it Wake Up Coach. Uh, kid on my son's 10U team, mostly a nice kid. <laughs> slide <laughs> that in there. <laughs> slide that in there, mostly a nice kid. Uh, that, could, that could have been the name of it, too. Mostly a nice kid. Decent guy, you know, yeah, once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Very average. Uh, doesn't respond well to teammates beating him beating him on hockey plays and practice and acts out physically. He did this to my son repeatedly one practice and my son just took it. The coaches didn't uh, do much other than tell the kid, knock it off, which is ineffective. What's the appropriate message from dad regarding retaliation? What is the appropriate response from coach when he catches the act of retaliation? Uh, 
I'd rather my son handle his business on the ice than me, dad, running to the coach to fight my son's battles. Let me just say this. Do not run to the to the bench to fight your son's battles and say something to the coach. Ever. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mostly a nice kid. Yeah. Um, I, I love it. But the retaliation thing is like a a reactionary knee-jerk reaction that you really, really have to kind of control. It's very difficult for different kids um, who don't have that internal kind of control. But you lash out, you slash, you cross-check. If you are harmed in, in your kind of eyes, right? Mm-hmm. So if you figure so a bad play happens, whatever, you know, so it goes back to like body language and like how you conduct yourself. But retaliation, I always say, is selfish. It's selfish because you're only thinking of how you feel and then you turn around and slash someone in the back. They're like the retaliate retaliatory penalties are always the ones that get called. Yeah. You know, because like something, you know, it could be a cheap shot or whatever. And then, you know, the ref all of a sudden takes a look and you're just slashing the kid or cross checking, doing whatever, giving him a cuff in the head. And it's like, you're going to get called. So I just always say retaliatory penalties are a selfish mindset not it's not a hundred percent all the time but that's how i view it as a um you know as a scout i would say right but as a 10 year old in practice and this kid's basically being bullied should he instruct his son to just you know punch the kid in the face or whatever what do you think i just think it's it's not setting a good precedent no, but you're on the you're on the ice. You can't control everything, like whether it be in the line or if it's in a drill. Then you're obviously going to see it, right? But um, you know, just you know, knocking it off is not you know being effective. I, I got one for you. Yeah. So, what did Scott Gomez say? Drop your kid off. Go enjoy a pint or two. I'll go come back. Paper. I'll read the paper. Have a coffee. Stand outside the rink, whatever. Don't pay attention to it in practice. If it becomes a problem and your son says something to you and the coaches haven't haven't stopped it, then you know, at that point in time, you go and and just say, Hey, you know, keep an eye on on little Johnny. He's, you know, my son told me he keeps smashing him over the head or whatever. He's 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 doing something um, you know, every time during during the drills and stuff like that. So I would suggest just staying out of the rink and not really watching it because parents can get caught up on it. And I'm not saying, you know, like just sit there and, and I'm not saying you got to go to the bar or something, but just whatever, stand in the lobby. Like just don't even, don't watch your son during practice like a hawk. Let them kind of work things out on their own. And as a coach, I would say that if I see kids that are, um, you know, retaliating or hitting kids in line or a kid gets beat and, you know, which it sounds like in this one, he's getting beat during hockey plays. Um, you know, you, you warn him once and then you put the kid on the bench. Like if the kid's not going to behave during practice, 10 years old. And I mean, I know they're not, they're not, it's usually a phase. Like I've, I've dealt with it at, you know, not so much at the 10 year old level, but, uh, you know, at the, those six, seven, eight, nine year old, like the, those things happen. Kids get a little bit rambunctious on the ice. They, they, they hit each other. They slash each other in line. So as a coach, you gotta, you know, you gotta nip that in the bud right away. Like kids gotta, you know, tell them to stop. If you see him do it again, if you catch him do it again, 
put the kid on the bench. If it becomes a problem again, then, you know, kick him off the ice for good. Like talk to his parents. And if he can't control himself, then obviously come the following season, you know, I know kids usually grow out of that stuff, but it, if it becomes a major distraction as a coach, um, that's when you, you, you seriously look at, at getting rid of the kid. Unfortunately, I hate to say it like that. Talking about a 10 year old. Well, before we toss it to the voicemail, uh, Let's talk about cross-country mortgage. If you own a home and haven't looked into refinancing in a while, have a quick chat with our friend Chris Devon. See if it uh, makes sense for you. Devo may be able to help you save on a monthly basis so you can put more money into savings or other projects. Check him out at chrisdevon.com. Our good buddy Devo can help you out. Our good boy Devo is right. Um, Good interest rates. Yeah, interest rates. And and I'll tell you one thing. I, I was looking at uh, cross-country mortgage the other day, and uh, great quote, Chris Devon and his team are the most professional and responsive and knowledgeable lenders I have ever come across in the in- industry. Highly recommend as Chris and his team will treat you with respect, set, set proper expectations, give you the best rate possible, as well as be available to answer your questions regarding lending options and or uh, where your loan is through it's process fantastic lender so that just sums up stuff that just sums sums up uh chris devon and the devon group uh with cross-country mortgage to a t right there so make sure you check them out chrisdevon.com what do you say voicemail time yeah voicemail it up what up boys carry from high park hunting down pucks like a great white shark coach is yelling at kids to get pucks deep but if you're yelling at kids they need to let you sleep I got rhymes too, B.Y. So here in Massachusetts, we got playoffs. I don't know how it works. Uh, it's going to work in the other states for your listeners. But for everybody here that has playoffs, good luck. Parents, remember, take a deep breath. Um, whatever the outcome, as long as the kids are working hard and they're having fun, then it's a success. So once again, good luck to everybody this weekend. And top shelf. See you at the banquet. <laughs> he's spitting spin some busting out, Just busting out. A, 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 he's in the rap game, and now he's a motivational speaker for all the people. Like, <laughs> unbelievable. God does it all. Well, that, that's good stuff. I mean, like, he, he the, the rhymes were pretty tight. I mean, I could be a backup dancer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and then, I, and then I don't his know what role I would say. No, he, he was. You're, yeah, you're a hype man. Yeah, I'll be a hype guy. Well, good stuff out of Harry. Good yeah, to hear thanks, from Harry, him. for chiming in. Yeah, go, go. Uh, you know, go, little Harriet. Yeah. So as far yeah, as him, just him, words uh, of wisdom. <laughs> right. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, this deep guy. I mean, the deep thoughts by Harry. That's the new segment. Uh, all right. Let's hear from hashtag girl dad uh, Mots. Can you share more about your daughter's hockey experience? Does she play boys or girls? Do you feel like there is an advantage to playing one versus the other? Do you think the boys' parents in general are crazier than the girls? Wow. Hashtag girl dad. Girl dad. So my daughter Brooke is uh, a 2010 birth year. um, She's 11. We already talked about this. Yeah, boys and girls. So she plays on a travel team with just the girls, but plays with her town team with the boys. And um, I think it's very valuable to play with the boys. She's, you know, like an undersized player, 
but it makes her process the game quicker. Um, you know, move pucks, and I, I think socially it's good. I always loved, you know, like I we talked about having a girl on your team. Uh, I have one on my team. I think it's a great dynamic for the locker room. I know they're very young at this time, but as far as her development, yes, it's really cool for her to play both. Uh, the girls' team is, you know, they play in a good league and they, you know, get competitive games consistently. But she gets more touches on the other side, so it's like really good all around to see both sides. Um, she probably will not play when checking comes into it. Um, within you know, it's a, another you know after next year. But um, as far as parents, I think you know the, the. I think it's crazy. No matter where you go, I mean, boys, girls, it doesn't matter. I mean, you have are the other the girl games. The parents pretty vocal. Uh, yes. Yeah. There's certain, certain parents that can be more vocal than others. Like go certain teams, but I just think people they get the cowbells going. No, I haven't heard a cowbell in a couple of years, which is good. Well, that's good. Um, I just think, you know, we've talked about this, but parents just want the best for their kid, but sometimes it's displaced a little bit and, you know, they sweat the small things and it, the chatter is, a buzz at the rank so just try to uh but i would say yeah boys and girls is very similar because everyone's just as passionate so you think that there's um benefits for her playing both and what I, uh, I think i think um i mean i'd ask what so what level is she playing out with the boys so, so that's with the town yeah peewee b1 okay so there's two B teams. There's a lot of participation in the town that we live Wouldn't in. Wouldn't she still be a squirt? Uh, no, she's a first year peewee. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. And um, yeah, there's there's some good kids on the team, and we, you know, it's been pretty good because they they definitely have some competitive games. And it was interesting. Like I watched her, you know, say girls game. One, it was a few weeks ago, but her girls game. Um, earlier in the day and then she went in there uh to the town game and it was it was a lot faster and you know there, there is some physicality to it but like she just you know sees both sides of it where she's not as strong as most players whether it be boys or girls and you know that's a challenge that she has to work around and how are you going to be effective so i i think it's really cool for her to play both yeah no that's great and that, i mean i think I think ultimately for most girls, at least the ones that I've coached around here, um, you know, a lot of them enjoy playing with the ball, the, with, with the boys. And I think that cutoff line is, uh, is the, the bantam age now with checking, uh, that, you know, most parents that I've talked to in coaching, it's coaching their, their daughters is, you know, they can handle it for the most part, um, up until, you know, the end of peewees. And then once bantam, just with the checking and the body contact and kids not really knowing how to check that, that, that well and stuff like that, they seem to just, that's when they make the decision to, to go with the, with, with, you know, and just strictly play with the girls. I don't know if it's uh, because of her size per se, there's some girls out there that have played, um, you know, through checking and can handle it. But I would say, you know, the, the size would play a factor you know because mm-hmm. you get boys who are much bigger and can you know kind of finish and 
why not? But I just, you know, I think that's what you just said is like a, you know, a typical path. You know, you play with the boys until the checking starts. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, the next one I called uh, No Sick Days. Uh, <clears throat> and this one is uh, after listening to the interview with Jeff Merrick, I thought about the no drag policy. And I wonder how far this con- concept extends. Does this mean that every time a kid is having an off week because she's nine and doesn't feel like going to hockey, you don't drag her to practice? When does stepping in and being the adult uh, who does know what's best outweigh what the kid wants slash keeps the kid happy or certain on a certain day. Maybe thinking about it from uh, other sports perspectives, like when does it become about com- committing to your teammates, committing to bettering yourself, even on days you're not feeling it? Uh, question mark. Teaching per- perseverance? Question mark. What do you think? I, I think it's a really great question, and there's really no. Uh, definitive answer in my opinion um at nine years old yeah yes you can start like really uh working in these teachable moments but uh to be honest with you like as a parent you know like you got some scheduling stuff that that happens where you know like my kid would be on the ice thursday saturday sunday and then skills on monday and then another practice tuesday and it's like there's if there's opportunity to be on the ice that much and you know the the kids are young um and they're just not feeling it it's it's very difficult to say talk about perseverance and letting your teammates down and whatnot if it's like a skills or something like that that that's that was just my example of what i did with my kids yeah you know would definitely want them to go but i also because i was going and but but if they're not feeling it it's it's very difficult to define you know pushing through and um you know just not wanting to go just not being motivated so you have to kind of take a breath and like look at maybe the schedule what how they're actually doing and feeling and how they respond to being at the rank so there are those you know spots where you you, you do push because sometimes kids can be lazy and just be like nah dude i'm all set yeah i'd rather be playing playstation yeah so but but i think it's a you know like a a little balance on what you the the fights that you pick not the fights like the pushing uh scenarios that he's saying about when does it come in nine years old is, is still pretty young to talk about those bigger concepts about not letting your teammates down you know but it's still there and I mean, like I, I didn't really answer the question. It was just more like, this is what I lived, and I just have um, a little bit more experience with just kind of letting it play out, but still allowing those teaching moments to come into play here and there. Yeah, I mean, I think you 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 want to honor your commitment to the team, and you don't want to miss practices and things like that, but. I know that there's been, you know, certain days where a kid's, you know, beat up after the weekend. I think that's part of coaching too, is like knowing if a kid has a conflict and, you know, or he's got a school show, like, don't worry about coming to practice. Like it is what it is. You know what I mean? So like hockey is one of those sports that, you know, like I talked about at the beginning, like, uh, you know, uh, I've coached over a hundred games, like the, the season starts in Labor Day and is still going on at the, um, you know, mid-march here like it's a long year so 
sometimes a little rest isn't gonna isn't gonna it's not gonna hurt you you know what i mean so hypothetically if this you know kid's nine years old and needs a day off a mental health day you know wants to bang in for the for the for the skate that night then you know maybe it's okay to take them off but as they get older and you know kind of like we talked about earlier with the baseball and hockey and playing the two sports like no you made a commitment like you're 13 years old like you've got to be there for 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 both you know what and you've got to learn to grind because there's a lot of times you know as you get older and uh they can start to understand at 13 um, you know, Hey, like there's a lot of days where, where you wake up or, you know, mom and dad wake up and don't really feel like going to work, but you know what, if we don't show up, you know, food doesn't get put on the table and you don't play hockey and stuff like that. So it's those life lessons type of stuff. So I think understanding those, the difficulties of that transition too, you know, like that, that that was like a, like an interesting thing, you know, like I understand the difficulties of, you know, like that mentality of the switching, right. Uh, that's good oh, stuff. Yeah. All right, so I, I got this one here. It's Charlie Hustle confused on the men's league draws. <laughs> oh, Charlie Hustle never heard anyone. Pete, Pete Rose. Um, this is pretty good. Men's league faceoffs are one of the most awkward moments each week. How hard, how, how hard should centers be going in a standard mixed bag of talent men's league? I always feel like I'm trying really hard while trying to pretend not to try at all. <laughs> should centers be bearing down like Patrice Bergeron in game seven defensive zone face off or give it their best lady Bing impression and going soft on the draw. I get the, you're both defensive, but would love to hear your thoughts on these face offs often feel as awkward as being on the kiss cam at the garden after using your extra ticket on your sister. <laughs> <laughs> we love it. Oh, that's awesome. Dude from a men's league, like, playing it now and obviously playing defense there's nothing worse than having an offensive zone face off and seeing your center not care mm-hmm. and not try to win it same with the d zone like no f- like face offs in my eye like that's where you gain possession of the puck and in men's league it's like you're not dumping the puck in like now you've basically got to wait for the other team to turn it over so if you can gain possession of the puck uh it's it's so valuable so Charlie, hustle it up, get your nose in there, and win the draw. In my eyes, like it, I want the puck. I want, and I don't want to have to work that hard to go get it. So let's win the thing right off the faceoff. So if you can be Bergy, you know, on every draw, you you're on my men's league team. Yeah, a couple of things here. Um, there is nothing more valuable than winning the puck back in all areas of the ice. So yes, you can. Play it a little nonchalant, but when that puck drops, you're winning the puck. I really did. I I disagree with the guy that just throws a stick out there. Doesn't I care. hate it? It's it's the worst. So uh, the other thing, other side of that is for you know this is a great question, great you know kind of topic only because it's it's pretty cool because you see it a lot. But if you're a center and you're playing center, I've played with varying skill levels after I've been done. It's it's great. The game's the game. But if you're a center and you go forward in the faceoff dot, in the D zone, the neutral zone, the offensive zone, I mean, the offensive zone, here and there, you can maybe like dance someone. I, I'll give you a little rope. Do not go forward on any faceoff. No. Right? Please so, no. So, uh, so, Charlie Hustle here, I, I would agree with you, uh, BY. Just we want the puck. Let's hold on to it. Let's move it around and. It starts with you. Let's go, it Charlie. It starts with you. Yeah, come on, Dial Charles. In. 
dial Let's it go. in. Let's go. Win that draw. Win that draw. Uh, all right. Well, that men's league minute question was brought to you by Morgan Stanley. For over 28 years, the Kelleher Corbett Group has been a trusted advisor to individuals, families, businesses, and nonprofit organizations. They provide clients with the scope, scale, and oversight of a global financial services form firm, sorry, coupled with the independence, objectivity, and service capabilities of a boutique advisory and consulting group. Give them a call at 781-681-4949 or visit their website at morganstanley.com slash the Kelleher Corbett Group and make sure you tell them the Rink Shrinks sent you. Great guys, Jack Kelleher, Steve Keller. I mean, Steve Keller, Jack Corbett, uh, unbelievable group there. So if you're looking for any financial services needs, those are the guys that you should reach out to for sure. For sure. All right, we got another voicemail. Yeah. Hey, what's up? Uh, you know, I hope we have all these cute little slogans that we use. Stay positive, like trust the process. Make sure the kids are having fun most important thing but what about the parents driving all weekend from rink to rink freezing like a like i'm a penguin or something i want my weekends back everybody's working for the weekend unless you're a hockey parent then you're working on the weekend Thoughts. You know, it's like season ends and you think you're getting a break, but nope. We got tryouts, and then after that, we got spring league, and then after that, we got summer camps. And I'm broke because I had to give little Johnny all my money to try to get him to play for a Division One program. I've had it. Are we having a meltdown? Oh, <laughs> Harry having a meltdown. I I, I love the uh, honesty. I love Harry just busting out the tunes this week too. Everybody so, working for the weekend. Yeah, so I mean, he does have a point. It does take a big level of commitment from the parents to provide for the kids. Uh, but you know what, Harry? Though, like uh-oh, your kids, your uh-oh. kids are young. Right, enjoy it. Like you said, we got these slogans. Enjoy it because it's not going to last forever. So there's your slogan, right? What happens when when little Johnny turns twenty and wants no part of you, and you can't even hang out with on the weekend? Now you're staring at the you you're coming up with terrible music tunes, and nobody wants to listen to you. You got no voice. Like what are you going to do then? So you know what? Enjoy it. Uh, have a good time. Enjoy that present. little boat. Stay in the present because you know what. Little Johnny's not going to be playing forever, so deal with it, Harry. That's that, that, That's what I got for you. Preach on. Right? I mean, come <laughs> on, Harry. Stop complaining. Love it. I love Harry calling in. Love it. Yeah. Indiana dad looks for advice for an average stat boy. Oh, boy. My son is a freshman in Indiana. He plays on the Crown Point Bulldog program of freshman. He has done well this year and is looking to play at higher levels. We've always been told that if you don't play AAA or the likes, that you won't go anywhere. He has only played house, but with that, he is a third on the team and scoring a fifth on the team with points. 
He has the seventh most block shots. He plays with a mixed <laughs> team from U18 to 16. Uh, as a program, they have made it as high as fourth in the state and finished 10th. The team also received a bid for Division II Nationals this year. My big question is, does he need to join sites like NCSA, Elite Prospects, Coast to Coast, or something similar? Will he get, Or will he just get discovered? I've never played at a high level, but want to help him with his personal goals. What are your thoughts, dude? <laughs> the, the stats are funny. <laughs> uh, seventh I mean, most blocked if they, <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, if they're tracking block shots and it's a stat, you know, you got to mark it down, put it on your resume. I know. I I just I I like it. Um. Honestly, I don't know much about the NCSA elite prospects coast to coast. I'm not too sure about those. Do you do you know much about that? Yeah, I, I know a little bit about the NCSA. That you know, it is these programs do um, allow you to kind of kind of streamline your focus. They help mm-hmm. you kind of organize your interests, help yeah. you get a little more visibility to say uh, college admissions. So I, um, I, I definitely, definitely think that, you know, uh, NCAA college coaches have accounts as well. So like, that's something that it's really just about putting yourself in the best position to be able to get to the next level, whether it be playing, um, a sport or allowing yourself to get into a, a school and, um, you know, that there is some value in, in some of these programs. It's not for everyone, but it is something for, that can provide some value for some people, but. I'm not sure if you know you have to jump at that. Um, you know, a freshman as a freshman, you you should be learning. You know, kind of finding your path, learning your your way. Uh, as far as being, you know, um, on these other teams, like you just kind of let the the process play out, and they will discover you if you are good enough. But if you're in that middle class, it's very different, difficult to like differentiate yourself. Um, to be noticed so that's just my thing like you'll be noticed if you're good right but like you said i i think it's a valid point that if you you know want to join some of those sites to get your name out there and stuff like that especially in indiana which i would say is probably a, a non-traditional hockey market and you want you, you your son wants right. to continue playing um the more exposure that you can provide for him the better and and you know if you can you can help them with that stuff and, and, you know, use those resources and, you know, possibly get in, in front of some different coaches and whether, you know, no matter what level it is, whether he wants to go play, you know, college hockey at the division one level, the division three or, you know, club hockey level, like just to get your name out there is, uh, is good. And, and, and it definitely isn't gonna, isn't gonna, um, isn't gonna hurt. Yeah, I agree. Uh, um, all right. We get another one here. Uh, I guess this is this one's just named uh, the same old question, uh, and that's kind of how it started off. Same old question here. Everyone signing up for summer camps, leagues, etc. I uh, really like to give my son the summer off to play other sports and get back in into it in August, <clears throat> where they are dying to get back in the rink. I do think my son would enjoy playing hockey all summer, but don't want to burn uh, don't want the burnout factor later down the line. What are your thoughts, Jack in Holyoke? Yeah, you know, we've t- touched on this quite a bit, but I I think you know specific camps 
or you know something like once a week and staying on the ice um don't know how old he is yeah i was gonna say the age is kind of an important number here yeah but you get you know there's plenty of options out there people you know provide camps and skill stuff but definitely get away from the rank enjoy the 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 summertime sun and and play other sports but i don't mind you know staying on the ice and you know you know through the the skill work or once a week you know even if it's just like rent ice with your buddies and, and just play unstructured yeah no i think that's a good answer and and you know it's uh... You definitely want them to develop that hunger and want to be back in the rink. I think as you, you know, as you're living and I'm living with our older guys as the, um, you know, the summer can be very important in terms of off-ice workouts and and as well as, you know, skill development stuff and mixing in a few tournaments and things like that as they get to that uh, 14, 15, 16-year-old, you know, level in that age if they want to take it serious. But, you know, I'm not saying you want to overkill it, but you can pick and choose and kind of, be creative, make sure you're getting stronger and faster away from the rink, but also, you know, continuing to stay on the ice a bit uh, at the younger age groups. You know, we've talked about this quite a bit, you know, mixing in a camp, uh, you know, skating once or twice a week for, um, you know, a handful of weeks and, and you know, whatever, it's six, seven weeks, little programs like that to stay on the ice is, you know, it's not gonna, as long as they're having fun and they're working on this skill and getting better, I think is, is a good thing. Um, and they definitely still need that that break. You know what I mean? If the season ends in March, get them off the ice for a couple months. And, you know, if you ramp it back up in July and, you know, spend July and August a couple days a week or something like that, uh, it's it's not going to kill you. We're wrapping up the mill bag here. Uh, but I would like to talk to you about Skitscott. Skitscott is the new video-based social media platform that allows you to use augmented reality fl- filters, picture-in-picture, layered audio, and more that is only found in costly movie production rooms. Skitscott does not share, trade, or sell the personal information of its users. This app is made in the USA. Get your skit skitty on. Uh, on. Some good questions there with the, um, you know, we're getting towards the end. Good questions with the mailbag. Uh, what do you think about the names? I mean, again, we're just trying it. to have we're, we're trying to have some fun with them. Uh, gets us reading them a little early, as you could probably tell. We were so well versed in them, but uh, you know, we, we'll we'll look at them and try to cr- come up with some uh, creative and funny names to to joke around with them and and then get into answering your questions. You know, love it, uh, Mots. What do you think about uh, Phil Kessel leaving the ice after one shift? What do you think about that? Uh, the birth of his child uh, that definitely kept his Ironman streak alive. I don't know. Uh, Have you ever witnessed anything like that before? N- never. But, um, you know, as far as KY. Uh, is yeah, it, he's nipping at his heels. I know. It, it would have been nice to, you know, it, Phil's done a good job. He, he's never gone in the corners. But um, <laughs> I remember playing against him. And in, in, so he was playing his offside. So he's a righty. And I was playing my offside. So I was on that side. He was in Toronto, and it was like, you know, a hard rim. And I know I'm not going to get it when he's coming down on me. Like, mm. going to, like, dig the puck off the wall, and I know he's not going to hit me. So I could make a, a different play versus someone else that was breathing down your neck, you know, any other player on that roster. So I, I could definitely uh, understand that he has the Ironman streak because he doesn't go into the corners. Yeah. No, I've never no, seen anything like that, but I think second it, second Ironman streak. 
this second. He's he's you know he's doing a good job. I mean, amazing career, unbelievable player. I remember playing against him uh, when he was out at the national development program, then at Minnesota, and I mean, just an unbelievable talent. Um, you know, speaking of national. Uh, Women's Day. His sister's a stud player as well for Team right. USA, Amanda. Amanda. But um, you know, great player and you know, great, great family bloodlines there. But I never seen anything like it uh, in the you know in a game where he goes out and takes a shift and you know gets off. Obviously, I remember Keith's situation in Boston. I think he was like halfway through the first period when he uh, he got hit by Ekblad's shot. You know, his own teammate and uh, missed the rest of that game. Um, but you know, he ultimately did come back and play. I think it was the next night in Philly, uh, when he was with the Panthers, but never seen it like a guy, you know, take a shift, jump on the PJ, go home for his, um, you know, the birth of his child. But uh, again, I get it. Like he's, he, you want to, you want him to be there for the birth of your, your, your kid. That's for sure. And when you have such a, you know, I think if he didn't have a streak going like he did, he would have just, you know, banged in sick for the day as we talked about earlier. But, uh, you know, I think it, it it is what it is, right? Yeah, I mean it. It's just interesting. Like it's just a level of respect that the organization has for him to be able to allow him to do that. Number one, I mm-hmm. mean, you know, you're taking a, He's earned it though. Yeah, but you you're taking a spot away from a kid that you know is, could be playing the whole game versus just one shifting out. But yeah, he has earned it, and it's good. Everybody always talks about his diet though. Like imagine knowing he didn't imagine knowing he was only going to play one shift. He probably whacked back the buffet that day. Yeah. yeah. Even more hard. Yeah. Uh, I, I got a couple stories, but we'll, uh, we'll save those for another time. <laughs> uh, shout out to uh, Jason Robinson. He was uh back-to-back hat tricks this past week and Nick Schmaltz too. He's on fire with, uh, with, the coyote speaking of the coyotes but a couple guys put up some serious points uh the, the the past couple games here in the nhl and i know you'll be chatting about that stuff down in uh nhl network mods yeah uh, schmaltz's game i've always liked his game yeah he was in chicago first right yeah he just he's a really good player from north dakota out of north dakota uh, playing there and just like a real good smooth like quiet demeanor with a nice skill set but um yeah that was a, a special night for him with the seven points and followed it back up with another nice performance but uh jason robinson he's a budding superstar um you know california kid that you know but back-to-back hat hat tricks that uh not many people have done um but he just he continues to score continues to get better and he is a guy that scores goals in multiple ways so it's fun to watch you know these uh, kind of guys, you know, kind of hitting their strides and like this peak peak time in their uh, development in the, at that NHL level. So fun to watch. Yeah, definitely fun to watch. Uh, well, Mott's, uh only seven spots left for our uh, Six Line Skills program, which is going to be Monday nights at the uh, Thayer Ice Center, Thayer Academy Ice Center in Braintree. Uh, Mondays at six, April fourth through May twenty third. Uh, I think that's what about eight weeks. Yeah, eight weeks. Eight weeks. Uh, you can register today. There's, like I said, seven spots left at the sixline.com. Again, register today. Don't miss out to train with the uh, myself and the mozzarella sticks here, you know? Yeah. Learn from the shrinks. Learn from the shrinks. Uh, once again, thanks to everybody. Uh, some great questions this week. Hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed the answers. If we didn't get to yours, uh, we'll – answer it sometime down the road obviously we're trying to keep this episode to be not 
too, too long. Uh, keep emailing us some the the questions in rinkshrinks at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail so we don't have to continue to play Harry's uh, 3476 shrink. Uh, you can also hit us up on social media, Instagram at the rink shrinks, Twitter at rink shrinks, Facebook, the rink shrinks. And, uh, and head over and check out the, the, our website, theringshrinks.com. Get yourself some Rink Shrink swag. What do you say, Jersey? Cue the Rink Shrink Shuffle. Shuffle.